0: What's up, Lions? For as little as five dollars a month, you can help this show to grow while also getting access to our exclusive pride content, which includes shows like Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, Special Interviews, Lions of Liberty roundtables, and much, much more. So check that out. Help us grow at LionsOfliberty.com forward
1: slash support. Everything that you do in life is voluntary by your choice, not harming anyone else, and government's job shouldn't be forcing. Someone else to do what you want them to.
0: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Woohoo! Yeehaw! Damn Skippy, I'm excited. That's right, I am excited. I'm very excited to start this show today because just in this past week, we reached a milestone with the Lions of Liberty Pride, our group of great supporters who send us money each and every month. You heard Brian talking about it real quick at the top of the show. We just surpassed our $1,000 a month goal. Our listeners are sending us over $1,000 a month. As of this recording, $1,021.36 actually a month are coming from our listeners, our loyal supporters. I cannot thank everyone out there. Even if you don't send us any money, you're included in this thank you because without our listeners, without our many thousands of listeners talking about the show, sharing the program, clicking that download button, we wouldn't be here. We would not have a show to produce. We wouldn't have a group of paid supporters in the first place. So I want to thank all of you from the people who just listen to the people that share this program to, of course, the people that financially contribute to help us grow. Thank you so much. And this, of course, means... That we are going to Pork Fest. That is right. Roger Paxson and our friends at the Free State Project are running the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year, and we are going. And you guys are sending us there. You're going to help us with our flights, our, our our lodging, everything else that we need to record some podcasts there on the scene. We're going to be doing a live Libertarians in Living Rooms drinking liquor. And any of our fans that end up attending Pork Fest, by the way, will get to attend potentially these live podcasts. We're going to have a studio. We're going to have audience participation uh brian's gonna record a live version of electric liberty land we're also going to do a live version of the league of liberty podcast which pride members get to hear that is uh myself roger paxton of the lava flow podcast chris spangle of we are libertarians and johnny rocket adams of the johnny rocket Launchpad. we're all going to be in pork fest together you can come hang out with us meet us so many ways to interact with us by making it over to pork fest and it's all possible thanks to you guys so thank you so much ...for your support. Of course, to join the Pride, you can find out more by heading over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. We now actually have a new $15 a month level that people are really loving. Uh, At this level, you not only get access to all of the bonus audio that we put out, many, 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 many extra hours of audio every single month, but you also get a free t-shirt, a free koozie, and you get to receive our daily news links email curated by the man who first introduced me to the ideas of Liberty, our regular contributor, Howie Snowden. really we have received an amazing response to this this is how we've gotten all of our news and information for years how he curates a whole bunch of Liberty related links and things he thinks we'll find interesting shoots them out to us every day and now members of the Pride at that $15 level can receive access to those emails every single day as well people are loving them so if you're at the $5 $10 level and want to upgrade that's one easy way to do so to help us out and to get access to those emails really the support means so so much to each and every one of us I can assert certainly speak on behalf of Brian and John as well when i say that i also want to extend an offer Regarding PorkFest, if you are considering attending PorkFest, I have a very special discount code for you guys. If you put in the code Lions10, that's all lowercase L I O N S and the number 10 at porkfest.com when you go to check out, that will get you 10% off off of general admission tickets or VIP tickets. Now, if you get VIP tickets, you get some free food, some free drinks, but more importantly, you get to hang out in the VIP tent. Well, who's going to be there? I'm going to be there. My fellow Lions of Liberty are going to be there. Ben Swann's going to be in there. Uh, Eric July and Backwards are going to be in the VIP tent. So if you're going to go, you definitely want to consider getting a VIP ticket. But either way, use that discount code LIONS, L-I-O-N-S, 10 at checkout. And before we get into today's interview, I want to remind you that this is episode number 340 of this, the flagship original Lions of Liberty podcast. And that means you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 340 don't forget it's not just me here on the lions of liberty podcast every wednesday brian mcwilliams slaps you upside the head with his weekly shot of comedy culture and liberty on electric liberty land and john odermatt wraps things up every friday with his look at the broken criminal justice system on felony friday all the reason in the world to make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing All right, friends, with me today is a libertarian candidate for governor out here in California. I am super stoked to be speaking
1: to Nicholas Wildstar. Nicholas, are you ready to roar? I sure am, and I'm ready to bring back liberty. Let's do this.
0: All right, well... Some, some would say liberty never left, but uh, for a lot of people in the society, I think it's clear that it did or was never here for them in the first place. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I do the show, and I know that's why you're out there uh, doing your campaign for governor. So we're going to talk more about that uh, a little bit later. But first, I just want to learn a little bit more about yourself. So why don't you tell me a little bit kind of uh, about your background and how you started getting interested in politics and eventually uh, came upon these crazy ideas of liberty?
1: Uh, I, it is very uh, strange, crazy, and un. Orthodox, especially when we have gotten so conditioned to um, thinking systematically and as status, you know, um, that's actually some, a place where I came from as a young man being forced into the voting population as a Democrat, not really understanding why I was supporting the democratic party. I was just always told they were a better choice over the Republicans and, um, <laughs> they didn't
0: even market it as a good choice; just better. Exactly, <laughs>
1: just a better choice. And you're a black man, so you must vote for a Democrat. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> that simple. I was, I was just put. It's that simple. Just pushed into it that way. But um, first, started to get into politics um, I, at an early age. I was always one to kind of gravitate towards information that pertained to the rest of the world. So. Uh, in my teenage years, I was watching primetime live 20, 20, 60 minutes, you know, those type of shows. I
0: know that line and, up. Well, <laughs> that's the same stuff right. that I was, I was glued to as a kid.
1: All right. Great. Yeah, man. That was, that was where it was at, you know, the information just learning and it really just opened my eyes to a lot about how the world works yet. I still felt a bit blind to it and um i moved out to california at the age of 17 and to pursue a career in music and i was hoping to be some superstar celebrity once i moved out here but quickly found the reality of the matter which is everybody's a you know a struggling artist pretty much <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and um i paid my dues worked hard as a musician and was able to gain a lot of success as an underground rapper. And my first album, The Real, was independently released worldwide. Uh, I have music available on iTunes, Pandora, Spotify. Um, and the album itself is available on, you know, uh, internet stores such as Amazon, etc. And uh, one of the and songs you from, went under
0: a different name, is that right? Uh, if you're, your hip-hop name?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> my stage name is Q-Ball. Q-Ball. And, Look
0: uh, up Q-Ball, folks.
1: Yes, yeah, Q B A double L, and the album is the real, and it's just like that, the real. Okay, uh, not D A real. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot of people think because I'm a hip hop artist, I got to be able to. I, I <laughs> you got to use that. bad grammar or something, right? Exactly, <laughs> but no, it's the real. And um, uh, one of my songs called "What's This" is in the movie Scary Movie Four. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, and my new album it's called Evolve or Die, and that is avail- available for free right now on Spotify. So uh, please be sure to visit Spotify and enter my information and find my new album, Evolve or Die, and just check it out. Uh, I made a big evolution myself as a human being, going from a person that was more so focused on my own life and seeing that, you know, errors of the ways of the world and feeling like it has some effect on me, but still feeling that disconnect, especially since me being younger. But once I started to work hard, pay bills and, you know, have to deal with real life after high school, you know, things settled in and I really started to pay attention to what was going on with politics. And, um, I got really involved in the Occupy and Anonymous movement very early on, around 2008 or so. Yeah, you and still
0: got that the uh, the Guy Fox mask Max picture as your uh, your Skype name here, your Skype avatar.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I still wear it when I go out to some events, and oh, nice. it's funny because I introduced myself as a libertarian running for governor. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs> they all are taken aback. Like, am I supposed to take this guy seriously? <laughs> yes, very seriously, because. That was then, this is now, you know, uh, that movement was about 10 years ago and here we are in 2018. So all of those, um, young people that were out there that were angry about government and, uh, wasteful spending and over taxation, et et cetera, the personal intrusions by government. Um, we're older now and we have an opportunity to get involved in, in politics to influence politics as candidates ourselves. So those people that frowned upon us then better pay attention to us now. And during that time, I got awakened uh, into libertarianism by Dr. Ron Paul. I started to hear about ending the Fed around the movement and didn't know a damn thing about fiat currency or the Federal Reserve or quantitative easing and all of this other stuff. Hearing Dr. Paul speak opened my eyes to liberty and about really government's true role uh, in society. We all think government is supposed to have this authoritative type of presence uh, where they're paternal telling us what to do with our lives when really, according to the Constitution, as Dr. Ron Paul said, they shouldn't be doing none of that. And it was very refreshing to actually hear someone saying, all of the things we think government is is doing, like telling us who we can marry and charging us, to, you know, seeing prices for it, is social behaviors of our life, of society that government isn't even supposed to be involved in whatsoever. So just hearing that from a politician definitely made me more inclined to want to know more about policies and the differences between the Democrats and Republicans, which I wasn't really seeing much of.
0: Is that what moved you the most about about Dr. Paul and his uh, kind of the, the type of things he was saying up there on that Republican debate stage where everybody is basically spouting the same lines over and over and then here comes this guy who's saying entirely different stuff and he's kind of saying things that maybe you were sort of thinking to yourself all along and you said and you, you think to yourself, "Wait a minute. Oh, this guy is thinking this too. Wait a minute. This guy's on this debate stage running for president. Like how is this all even right. happening?" <laughs>
1: Exactly. And I I couldn't believe it, just the fact that he was on that stage and saying those things and getting away with it, because, (laughs) you know, it seems like every other person that was outspoken in the government in the past was taken out somehow, one form or way, shape or another. So to have him be on the primetime stage and again, as you pointed out, as a Republican, kind of just blew my mind, so to speak. And I let go all of the labels of Republican Democrat or whatever, and just started to embrace the idea of individualism and in independency, Uh, because that's really who we are as Americans. And, um, we just been taught and, um, shown through industry that this is the way, the systematic way of thinking. So, um, I actually got very involved in his campaign. I flew out to his uh, his um, conference out in Florida and took my wife out there, and it was my first political event ever. And it was a rally to get him elected, um, you know, for the Republican National Party or, or what was it, the convention or something the, like re, that. Yeah,
0: the Republican National Convention in Florida, yep.
1: Exactly. So we went to that, and ever since then, I just – started to identify myself as a libertarian. I soon came to learn about the difference between the little L libertarian and the big L libertarian. You know, the big L libertarians are the actual party members and ones that are involved. So I didn't get to that point up until last year where I was um, or let's say the 2016 election, since it's now a year later.
0: I'm always behind on the years too. It takes me until about mid-year to actually accept what year it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm like, Trump's been in there for over a year now. Yeah, right? It's wild. So during the presidential election, I was paying attention to the libertarian candidates and the one that blew my mind again was um, John McAfee, of all people. And to me, he just seemed to be the best candidate. He seemed to be the one that could get that mass appeal that the Libertarian Party needed in order for people to actually get on board and support the ideology. You know, he is an eccentric person and, you know, out there. But then again, look at look at who he was running against, you know, Hillary and Trump. So um, I was saddened that he wasn't putting Uh, given the opportunity to be put up on stage to compete against them, but because when he first started, he ran as his own candidate under his own party and then became libertarian. And once he did, I saw an interview where they asked him, why did you now run as a libertarian? And he said, I just see the platform as being more in line with my ideals as as an independent-minded person. And I completely agreed with that. So, I then became a Libertarian Party member, and I did run for governor in 2014 as an independent. So when I chose to continue my um, pursuits to serve as a public representative uh, or after the presidential election, I chose to then run as a Libertarian. So I've been running around the state, introducing myself as the Libertarian candidate for governor. I've won six endorsements so far from counties throughout the state uh, of the Libertarian Party of California, and things are looking tremendously well for me winning the party's nomination at the convention next month.
0: Very cool. And, you know, the, it's, it's kind of interesting because I think California is kind of a weird state, as you know, uh, when it comes to, well, when it comes to a lot of things. But when it comes to our voting system, we have this sort of top two system where, um, you know, a number of candidates will be on that primary ballot on June 5th and then whatever two get the most votes and last time uh, it, it, it th- well maybe not for the governor's race but I know for like the Senate race it was actually two Democrats that got the top two votes so then we had the wonderful choice of choosing between Democrat A or Democrat B and that, that's kind of the, the wacky wacky system we have then but how does it work when it comes to getting the party's nomination is that more of just hoping for an official endorsement because I know uh, I've, uh, my, I also had uh, another candidate uh, last year on Zoltan Ishtar I'm, I'm sure you're aware of his campaign and he he's fighting to get that nod as well. How does it actually work though? I mean, I believe both of you can are still able to be on that ballot, is that correct?
1: Yes, we are both able to be on the ballot and to correct you, he is not seeking the Libertarian Party of California's oh, he's nomination. Not. Okay, I wasn't no. aware of that. He, he's still running as a libertarian <laughs> and <you>. he'll <laughs> still be at the convention next month, right. but because of his, the reception he's received from the Libertarian Party itself, he doesn't really care too much about uh, getting the party's nomination, I, however, would love to have that stamp of approval and be recognized as a libertarian by the Libertarian Party. That way, when voters do go to vote in that June fifth primary, they know that I am the selected candidate for people to choose as a libertarian. Gotcha. Um, but because of that two-voter system, it—you it, it, are correct—it's a possibility that we could definitely be stuck with choosing between Democrat A or B, especially since the two leading Democratic candidates are both extremely popular. You have Gavin Newsom, the ex-mayor of San Francisco, and now he's the current lieutenant governor. He's running for governor. And then you have Antonio Villaraigosa, the ex-mayor of Los Angeles. He's running for governor, and they're both Democrats. So what we saw happen in the Senate race in 2016 We could definitely see happen again here in California in the gubernatorial race. So I would like to have an opportunity to change things up tremendously, switch our state from blue to gold. And all the people of California have to do is just vote libertarian um, when you get in that voters booth, of course. And um, because the way the two-party system is set up, if I'm unable or if any other candidate is unable to compete against the Democratic Party come November, we'll all stuck, we'll be stuck with choosing between those two. So it's really essentially robbing the people of California of a, a, their Democratic right to actually have an opportunity to choose between two separate you know, ideals or mindsets. Um, especially when it comes to policy creation in this state, we have a trifecta with the democratic party being in control and they haven't served us any good. And I doubt, I highly doubt the Republicans would be able to do any better. So instead of choosing between the lesser of two evils, people need to choose a good guy for once. And I would like to be exactly that.
0: Well, Nick, I know you've been uh, going around meeting people all the time. I I always see you on Facebook doing live streams at all sorts of different events, and obviously it's going to take a lot of of that, a lot of hitting the pavement to get that kind of attention uh, that you need to wedge your way up into that top two. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what your plan is, and now that you are an official candidate for governor over the next uh, two and a half months or so from the time of this recording, what's your plan to get out there and and get the attention not just of the media, uh, the voters, of of all the different groups and people and individuals interest that you're going to need to get uh, the attention of in order to to get the votes you need to make it to november
1: absolutely well i'm going i'm kicking it old school so i'm doing a whole going around door to door knocking on you know people's doors introducing myself going out to all of these hole-in-the-wall venues meeting as many people of the community that i can because that's who actually win votes the voters the people So as much as these politicians want to make it seem like all they have to do is buy a few billboards and commercials in order to win the elections, yeah, that may happen, but you're not going to win the hearts and the minds of the people that you're supposedly going to be representing. And I know if I can make an impression there first and foremost, then hopefully it will be an outcome and a result in the voter booths with the people themselves. So my goal is to meet as many people as possible because of the low voter turnout in California for primary elections um, and especially for a uh, gubernatorial race. You know, people don't really care about midterm elections. Nobody like midterm anything. Right. But um <laughs> Ex- exams, elections, whatever. <laughs> exactly right. What I'm hoping to do is get at least a million people to vote for me in the primary. And that's a great possibility, seeing as with the last gubernatorial race, it was maybe two and a half, three million people that showed up and the Republican opponent that went against, you know, establishment politician Jerry Brown for the Democrats was an unknown Republican, and he only got 800,000 votes. So it's a great possibility that now, since the Republican Party have have an even more tarnished reputation, that people will start to gravitate towards wanting to vote Libertarian and and or consider a third-party option altogether. So um, now that I am an official candidate and will be on the ballot— and will be in the voter's handbook that will be mailed out to the 20 million registered voters in the state. Um, I have an opportunity to become a household name. And, um, now that I am officially on the ballot, it gives me more, more notoriety and more wiggle room to where, when I contact the press, they'll know to take me seriously because I am on the ballot
0: you're not some just some dude saying he's running for governor you are officially on that ballot so that gives you a little little extra carte blanche in the marketing department
1: precisely and I am running on one of the third largest political platforms in the nation as a libertarian so um, we have kind of earned our way now it's time to just earn our keep so I'm I'm without a doubt going to be able to get more press over the next few months and I'm pretty sure I'll be able to win the party's nomination next month at the convention in April. Uh, I've won over the majority of the delegates that will be there and it will be left up to the delegation to choose the nominee. So hopefully I will be able to win the party's official endorsement come April, in which case April through June is just all about taking over the spotlight. So I've been doing as much as possible, like I said, to go out to as many events as possible Today, I was at Pierce College for a student debate, got to meet maybe 50 or 60 students of the faculty there and the faculty there and pass out cards, made a great impression with them to where they're inspired to vote libertarian and go and tell a friend to do so as well or family members. And that's where is what it counts is if I can get enough. Notoriety, name recognition amongst the people because word of mouth is a very powerful promotional tool. We can buy Facebook ads all day and commercials and stuff, but if people are just talking about me, water cooler talk, and they, nev- they never heard anything about me on the news, that's what's going to make me even more intriguing as a candidate. And I am an average Joe citizen. You know, I've been part of the working class for over 20 years as a working class professional. My last job, I worked as a junior closer at a loan debt consolidation firm. And before that, I worked as a supervisor for a pharmaceutical company. I've worked as a um, as a front desk personnel for a medical clinic. You know, so uh, I have ex- extensive knowledge in working with the public one-on-one. And I think that's one of the things that the people of California will also find attractive about me.
0: Hey, Liberty Rockers, this is Johnny Rocket from the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Each week, I strive to bring you the best guests and talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, economists, and activists johnny rocket launchpad is bringing the party to the libertarian party and launching ideas in your direction check it out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com or find us on itunes each show is action packed explicit and a lot of fun so join me at johnny every week for the newest episode keep liberty alive and rock and roll Why don't you talk a little bit more about uh, your experience actually interacting with people? I mean, as you well know, the the majority of Californians don't really see eye to eye with uh, a lot of libertarian issues, at least not on the surface. I I find that things can change once you're actually able to talk to people, but it often it's difficult to get to that point. You know, with a lot of people out here having some very solidified views, you might say. So, what sort of issues do you find yourself able to connect with people on? And on the other side, uh,
1: what what do you get the most pushback with? I get the most pushback. On, You guys aren't going to make it. You guys need to change your message. Um, I'm like, well, you know the message. And if it resonates with you, all you have to do is just start voting libertarian. So I think the main thing that we need to do out here is let people know that we do exist, number one. And number two, start voting libertarian. That's all it takes because they've been so seduced by the mainstream media to believe that you're going to be throwing away your vote or wasting your vote if you vote for a third-party candidate. But in a state race, the primary, it's open to everyone. So you're not throwing your vote away. If anything, you're empowering your vote by selecting the individual for your state that's actually going to represent you. And when I was out there petitioning to get signatures, to get onto the ballot, I was meeting people standing outside Walmart and, you know, the grocery store and the DMV of all places where I had a lot of people upset with the that, government. That
0: feels like a, a place that would be a great recruiting of, a it, ground it, for it someone is. who's a libertarian, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. I would encourage every libertarian out there that's running as a third party candidate that's doing the whole uh, petitioning for signatures to do it yourself. Go out there and meet the people. It's a great way to just connect with them, see what their issues are. If you're going to be at the DMV
0: cuz no one leaves the DMV thinking, you know, great thoughts about the government really.
1: <laughs> right, not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, just hearing and speaking and talking to these people, they were more receptive to libertarianism than we think. Again, the the media, the mainstream media is controlling public's perception. Right. So, the majority of people haven't met a libertarian, number one, themselves, or even gave them an ear to hear one out. So I just happen on happenstance to hear about Ron Paul. What libertarian is going to do that now, you know, to bend the ear and actually demand for the public to hear them out? Um, There's very few. We thought Gary Johnson was going to be able to do that, but you know, Everything that he was saying fell on deaf ears after the whole Aleppo deal. Right. So it's like, here we are now, fast forward, um, how are we able are going to be able to get the public on our side? They already are familiar with our identity, who we are, our name, the libertarians. Now, why should they vote libertarian? So what I did was pretty much just talk to each person and ask them one-on-one, what is it that affects you? Uh, that affects you, that the government is doing, you know. And if they talk about taxes, I speak about how I'm anti-taxation. If they talk about licensure, I talk about how I'm anti-licensure. They talk about control and um, them being having their constitutional rights infringed. Of course, I'm going to let them know how we're going to be defenders of the Constitution. So I, I make that stark difference between. Old establishment party, duopoly, and new party, libertarian, we the people.
0: I mean, I, I find when it comes down to it, almost everybody, and it, it's, it takes a, a certain amount of practice, I think, to, to get to this point with people, especially again out here in California, but if you really dig in with people and, and listen to them, don't just try to shove everything down their throat. Uh, you can't throw the whole Libertarian Party platform at them, but if you listen and you start to find out, then you realize that everybody is Libertarian on something, or everybody has a few issues where they are Libertarian, so you, you start by finding those issues and agreeing with them, and then from there, you know, they're going to be more receptive to anything else you have to say
1: oh yeah and it's it's all across the board you just got to really find those one or two things to kind of say uh, and to get them thinking for instance today when I was at the student debate um, I asked them hey why are you forced to only be able to choose one electric company why don't we have multiple companies providing electric to us that would that creates a monopoly. And if they want to jack up the prices, now we have to pay more for something that we need that's vital to our life. Without it, we'd be living in the dark ages. So it is something that we should have multiple choices for. I was asked about fixed incomes and people having a living wage. And I said, well, hey, What if there's a, you know, we have a homeless problem here. And if you have a business that wants to hire the guy to sweep floors and pay him seven, eight bucks an hour to do so, that's a way for him to move up in life versus living on the street and having to collect bottles and cans out of the trash to make $25 a day. You know, now you have a reputable position to where now you can build up your resume, move on up in life, but it starts first with you, the individual. And one of the, other things, and one of the most things that I feel like libertarians can always bring home is the non-aggression principle. We don't start there enough, and we all know it innately as human beings. You know, treat others how you want to be treated. It's that simple, and we we know that again as individuals because we naturally respect each other's spaces, or else you'd have chaos <laughs> all the time. You know, there would be thefts and rapings and murders and it would just be horrible we respect each other as human beings we we go out to restaurants and we commune with one another we go to movie theaters we commune with one another it's all peaceful whenever we have a transaction whenever you pay five dollars to mcdonald's for you know their genetically modified burger that was your choice (laughs) you know (laughs) but Just you making that transaction was voluntary. So when we start with letting people know everything that you do in life is voluntary by your choice, not harming anyone else. And government's job shouldn't be forcing someone else to do what you want them to. Then they they start to think and wonder what really is government's role supposed to be and why are things that way? And that's what we want to do, just get people to start thinking again and question the political system as it is.
0: It's all about getting those wheels turning. You're probably not going to change anybody's entire worldview overnight. What we can always hope to do here is to kind of ignite that fire, just like Dr. Ron Paul did for you, did for me, did for so many people out there. Say something that resonates with them. Say something that you know they're already thinking, and you know that, that's how we build the conversation. You know and That's how you change hearts and minds one person at a time. And Nicholas, I know that's what you are out there doing uh, every single day now, from, at least from here until June 5th, and I'm sure you're going to keep doing it no matter how the po- political part goes, because I can tell you you're passionate about this. And uh, you know, pro- you'll probably be talking about this stuff for, for the rest of your <laughs> days.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the liberty movement is in me now. And it it's just picking up steam at this point. And of course, since now I feel like I'm in my prime, I want to go at it hard. And I want to let people know that this is the line in the sand. And it starts first and foremost with us. So that's why I'm going to step up And I'm going to represent the people of California, and that's why I'm running for governor.
0: All right, Nick. Well, why don't you just uh, give everybody one last little go-round of all the ways they can reach out to your campaign, how they can find out more information about what you're doing, and how they can help.
1: Absolutely. Well, please, definitely, everyone listening to this, visit my website, wildstar2018.com. It's just as it sounds, W-I-L-D-S-T-A-R 2018.com. That's my website for the campaign. Uh, You can find out more about my platform and I have a Facebook, Twitter page, of course. So please connect with me. Be sure to like, follow, share this information, share this podcast. Getting the word out there helps tremendously. What I'm telling you about this word of mouth, I kid you not, I, I wouldn't have been able to pay my ballot fee if it wasn't for word of mouth. For some reason, I don't know how. This 60-year-old white lady, blonde hair, blue eyes, up in Northern California, donated $4,000 to my campaign wow. four days, four days before the deadline was due.
0: That's amazing.
1: So. So hang in there, stay vigilant, don't give up, keep fighting the good fight because it will pay off.
0: Have you spoken to this person? Do you do you know? You don't know why she. Uh, I mean, obviously she was inspired by your message uh, somehow, but you don't you don't know um, anything beyond that.
1: No, actually, we've been in, we've been in communications ever since, and now she's a volunteer on my campaign.
0: <laughs> well, she, she should be your best friend right now, right?
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. Right, absolutely. And she's now working on the campaign trying to get people in her communities to support me and she's calling radio stations to get me on the, you know, a radio and doing whatever she can to just let people know that the libertarian option is the best option for you, we the people. So, um again, just please be sure to stay adamant at at going with this liberty movement and making sure that it reaches every far ends of the earth. I even got a donation from South America, from our liberty movement happening there. We have people in Brazil and Argentina and Cuba uh, that want to get away from authoritarian control everywhere. We have people in Algeria and Belarus. I get emails from people in different languages. I don't even know what the hell it says, but I go to translate (laughs) it. And they says they're part of the liberty movement, too, you know. So, yes. So and that's what I'm all about. Wild star. star. (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm trying to get this wildfire of liberty burning like never before. And I need each and every one of you to help me with it. And I can't thank you enough for having me on the show. I truly appreciate it. It's an honor.
0: Absolutely, man! It's been a pleasure talking to you. Don't forget to check out Nicholas Wildstar for Governor of California, and don't forget to look up ball We'll actually link to all, oh, all your yeah. stuff. We'll link to your website, and we'll also link to your albums and stuff too, so everybody can go to the show notes page for today's episode and find all that great stuff. So, Nicholas, I wish yeah. you the best of luck. We'll certainly uh, be keeping an eye on your campaign, and you know, I wish you nothing but the best going forward.
1: Absolutely, thank you very much. And if one more thing, sure. please, people, don't forget to donate. Every little bit helps. We are volunteers. We are doing this out of our heart and soul. We don't have the millions of dollars, the capital that the old party has. So help the new party out and just give us whatever you can. And volunteering your time is a great contribution as well. So if you want to volunteer, just please reach out. If you want to get me on your show, your podcast, like Mark did, reach out to me. And I'll be there because we definitely need to need each other to make this happen.
0: Well, Wildstar, my man, keep up the great work. Keep on roaring, buddy.
1: I sure will. And thank you. And God bless you, my man. Peace and blessings to you all. And thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, gang. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Nicholas Wildstar. What a cool name, man. Which had a cool name like that. It's a little bit cooler than Mark Clare, but you know, we can't all have a cool name like Wildstar, but we can all reach out to people and discuss the ideas of liberty in our own way. Some of that, do that through politics, like Nicholas is doing. Others of us do it through... Uh, facebook fighting or whatever others of us like me like to do it at the bar or on a podcast these are the main methods that i like to discuss the ideas of liberty but that is the important thing here is that discussion is getting those wheels turning in our fellow uh, men and women out there who many of which hold uh, beliefs that they feel very sincerely about i don't think most people approach politics from a bad place except perhaps a very few manipulative people towards the top but for the most part people to me, at least people out in California, now people usually say, you know, how can you live out here in lefty California, commie California? Well, A, it's beautiful and I love it. B, look, people aren't evil. You know, people that believe in socialist ideals or um, progressive ideals, many of them are not bad people. Many of them are good people who want good things for others. They just look at it in a different way. They haven't been exposed to the ideas of liberty, or maybe they have and they just don't see things the same way. But many people have the same goals. And that's what we got to focus on focus on those goals and how the ideas of liberty can help them achieve those very same goals in a much better and uh, much more peaceful way. So I'm very grateful to Nicholas Wildstar out here fighting the fight in California. And I'm very much looking forward to meeting Nicholas in person. He said he's going to try to stop out at our Liberty Behind the Lines event. I'm very excited about this. It's taking place this coming Saturday, March 31st at the State Social House in Los Angeles. If you're anywhere near the Los Angeles area, I highly encourage you to come on out to this event. There is an official event link to RSVP. It is completely free to attend, uh, but we We do have some limited space, so we just want to make sure we get a good head count. I will post that link in today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 340. But this is very exciting because it's going to be myself and Brian McWilliams, both of which you, of course, know from this very podcast, along with Jason Stapleton of the Jason Stapleton program. He recently moved out here to Los Angeles, as well as part of The Problems, Dave Smith. He's going to be in town to do some comedy uh, with his group, The Legion of Skanks. Uh, Brian and I are attending that show. We're very excited about that and then he's going to be joining us for Liberty Behind the Lines Saturday late afternoon. Uh, The event itself is from 4 to 8 p.m., but uh, knowing the people that will be there, uh, I have a feeling things may be extended and uh, pour out into Sunset Boulevard and go to various bars. So if you want to hang out with us and just shoot the S real, real style, you can do that with us there on Saturday. Obviously, I know most of you are not out here in Los Angeles, but we've got uh, over 100 plus invites, uh, acceptances to the invite right now. So we're We're looking to have a good crowd out there, so definitely give it a shot if you're even uh, within shouting distance of Los Angeles. And, of course, don't forget to stick around. The rest of the week, again, Brian McWilliams is going to slam you right in the face with some liberty this coming Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land. And John Odermatt will be wrapping things up this coming Friday on Felony Friday. Until next time, folks. Live long and live free.